This episode is brought to you by the Western Outdoor News Strike King Big Bass Challenge. Held on May 22nd, 2021, out of Russo's Marina on the California Delta, it's a guaranteed $7,500 total cash payout based on a 100 angler field. As an added bonus, the first 100 anglers registered gets a free lose fishing rod. We have about 50 left and counting, so head over to wonews.com under the tournaments tab to sign up today. We just had an epic trip with huge, like 50-pound halibut and probably like a 65-pound sea bass mixed with those, you know, 15 to 20-grade school sea bass that came through and just crushed everything in sight. Welcome back to the Western Outdoor News Podcast. This week, we're going to have an on-site interview with Captain Brian Norris about the paper's cover shot aboard Fin Fetish. Also, we will dive in-depth with Tournament Director Billy Egan and Western Outdoor News Editorial Staff Director Blake Warren about their recent trip at Lake Berryessa. They spent four nights on a luxury houseboat from Suntex Marine. It was a 70-foot boat, and it, it felt like it was a 90-foot boat. Really spacious from front to back. Yeah, if you want to go out and make a fishing trip with your buddies this summer, that's the way to do it. We then go in-depth with Western Outdoor News sales rep Dylan with a full report on the fin fetish trip of a lifetime. There were people in the process of pulling their anchors and moving while we hooked and fought this fish. That is definitely a story making waves in Western Outdoor News this week. I cannot wait for everybody to hear about it on the show today. But first, Daniel and I get a full Lake Berryessa rundown from Western Outdoor News Tournament Director Billy Egan and Western Outdoor News Editor Blake Warren, who recently spent some time on a gorgeous houseboat on Lake Berryessa with Suntex Marinas. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it is because early bird entries to Striper Derby this year were entered to win a three-day houseboat experience courtesy of Suntex Marinas. While it is too late to enter for the giveaway, it is not too late to come out to Striper Derby this weekend. May 14th through the 16th in Lake Havasu. That's why it pays to listen to the Western Outdoor News podcast as soon as it comes out. So without any further delay, here is Billy, Blake, and Daniel discussing houseboating and fishing on Lake Berryessa. We spent four days up there. We got a chance to go up and check out SunTex's houseboats. They've got a nice fleet up there at Berryessa and also Don Pedro, but it was sweet to get up there, spend four days so that we could explain to our striper derby anglers what exactly they were uh, vying to win. Nothing better than not having to launch your boat, but the first time, tie your boat up to the back of the houseboat, and you have a home base to fish at for, we had four nights and four days, so we were out there getting the most of it. Yeah. How was it up there? What's the, kind of give us a lay of the land. It's an I know. Have you guys fished it before? For myself, I'd never been there before. I don't know. If, I don't think Blake had been there either. But it reminded me a lot of Central Coast lakes, like Lake Nacimento with the rolling hills and the oak trees up there. Uh, obviously, it's set between winters in Napa, uh, up in the foothills up there. But it's a gorgeous lake. It's obviously a little bit low right now, which all of our lakes are <laughs> low. But the fishing was just phenomenal. To to have an opportunity to catch three species of bass in one day, let alone multiple times, you know, a spot a small mouth and a large mouth. Uh, it was pretty, pretty cool, you know, never being there and going out with uh, one of the guys that uh, helped us out by bringing his bass boat up there. Jeremy Mann fished it on Tuesday before Blake arrived to kind of get the lay of the land. And his first cast was a 10 pounder on a jerk bait. So <laughs> we thought that's a good one. The sky was the limit, but yeah. we didn't tie into any really big ones, but Numbers were, were big, huh, Blake? They were crazy. And especially as a Southern California guy where you don't usually get the chance to 
tackle big spots and smallies all too often. It was nice to every cast you didn't know what you're going to get. Could be a big smallie, could be a big spot. Or a big, large mouth. And we didn't throw the plastics at all. Not once. <laughs> I, promised my, I promised myself that I wasn't touching a Senko or a worm the entire time, and I didn't. Still wow. caught a lot of fish. So so go ahead and, and kind of give me a rundown on how the whole houseboat process works. I've I've yet to do it myself. Was it easy just getting on the boat? What was the, what was the process? Surprisingly easy. You just roll up and you meet with the staff. They give you a 20, 30-minute orientation about how everything works. They get you out to the no-wake zone, and then they turn the keys over to you and hop back on their pontoon. You go find a cove, set up shop for however long you're staying out there. Hand you the reins. Yeah, luckily I had been able to get on the water that Tuesday before we met uh, them that Tuesday night. So I had already found a nice secluded cove that was protected from the wind, so I already knew where we were going. Oh, perfect. And I pretty much took over the helm of the, the houseboat, docked it, put the stakes in, roped it up, tied the bass boats to it. Turn the barbecue on and the party started. Yeah, I saw that meat shot in the uh, in the paper there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Jeremy is uh, one of the guys that fishes the Wombass tournaments, and I had put a post up that I was looking for somebody to help me out with a boat while we were there for me and my son. And he jumped all over it. He's a uh, fireman up there in Northern California and brought down his boat and uh, let Liam and I use it for two days and then ended up getting a couple days off and said, hey, do you mind if I bring some food and hang out with you guys? And we said, go for it. And being a fireman, he fed us <laughs> like a house full of firemen. I mean, two two uh, tri-tip steaks and salad and pasta. and Six chickens and four pounds of bacon. Hot dog appetizers. It was insane. <laughs> so it was awesome to have him be a part of it because he had a lot of local knowledge and uh, was able to give us good tips on where to kind of head for the type of bites we were looking for. Awesome. And then I... I think Rusty was up there with you guys as well, and he had a few guide trips after you. Yeah, that's how it worked out with him. He had a three or four guide trips set for Berryessa and Clear Lake and a couple other lakes up there too, I believe. So he was up there at the right place, right time. That's how we had two bass boats, five guys, and just fishing nonstop, sun up to sundown. Yeah, it's amazing. If you guys are thinking about taking a family vacation or a vacation with a few of your buddies, whether it's for fishing or just sightseeing, there's nothing like waking up in the middle of the lake with nobody else around you looking at the stars as the sun <laughs> rises and watching the fish jump in the cove that you happen to be hanging out at. It's, yeah, that's it's awesome. one step to your boat. Let's let's talk about those amenities on the boat. There were staterooms. You guys had some comforts, creature comforts. It was it, it was a 70-foot boat, and it, it felt like it was a 90-foot boat, really spacious from front to back. Four staterooms, two pull-out sofas, air conditioning, top deck with a w- water slide, a wet bar, a hot tub. It, it was definitely not tent camping. Yeah, we saw that picture of Liam enjoying the, the slide. Yeah, he's <laughs> just sliding into summer like that. It was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Because, you know, you'd go out and you'd fish the morning bite because it's not so hot. And then uh, come in around lunchtime, you'd take a break between 12 and 3 o'clock and have lunch and just chill out before, you know, the afternoon, evening bite. So yeah. it's, it's a perfect scenario. I mean, you don't have to go relaunch your boat and trailer your boat and park your boat and trailer. It was just seamless. And yeah. Wake up, hop on and go. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a floating apartment. I yeah, mean, you've got everything you need right at your hands. You got an oven, you got a microwave, you got a stove, you got air conditioning, you got TVs. You know, you, if you bring um, your movies and things like that, or you've got a, an account 
that you can log into because there is access up there in certain parts of the lakes. We 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 did find internet service, but there's also other parts that are yeah. blacked out. But which is kind of nice. Kind of nice. <laughs> you know, fishing wise, it was a reaction bite. You guys were on any tips morning throughout the day. What what kind of went on? It was kind of it was kind of biting Hodge steadily the whole way, the whole time we were out there. Like Billy said, we didn't really fish the the meat of the day from twelve to three or twelve to four, but we were out there pretty much every other second of the day where the sun was up kind of up any standout baits from the trip yeah jerk baits seem to work real well um the ball head jig with a small little uh, paddle tail swim bait uh was easy to use because most of the fish were in the 10 foot range to the bank uh i start i threw some swim baits the second and third day uh some bigger baits trying to target some larger fish Without any takers, I did have a couple nice follows from uh, yeah. some larger spots, a, but that's a kokanee. Yeah, they do have kokanee up there. So um, a lot of guys throw the baitsmith up there, and one of our wombass guys caught a thirteen and eleven, and I think it was January at Berryessa wow. on ten uh, inch baitsmith. So they're there, <laughs> and uh, all three species healthy. I mean, you've got catfish, bluegills, uh, crappie. There's tons of fish up there. Uh, shad. You guys had yep. some shad action yep. going on. The, the shad that we saw were half an inch, tiny, okay. tiny shad. Um, and Two eyes and a wiggle. Green color, which helped Blake with a crankbait bite because he matched the hatch on that and caught a pretty nice one. Nice. You guys have anything else to add? You know, the only thing I have to say is, you know, do it. Yeah. Just, just if you find the time, you've got a group of people, check them out. Don Pedro, Barry Essa. Um, both you can't beat Don Pedro's a little bit deeper lake. It's uh, got some good fish in it. Also, I fished an HBC there back in 2007, which is a heavyweight bass classic. And there's some toads in there, but again, it's beautiful. It's, it's got the same type of scenery as Berryessa, but just not as coastal. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. If you want to go out and make a fishing trip with your buddies this summer, that's the way to do it and tie up your boat right there. You can six, seven guys just go up there and tear it up. Next up on the show, let's get to this massive story aboard the Fin Fetish. I'm sure you've seen the pictures in Western Outdoor News. Gigantic white sea bass, massive halibut, making way out of Marina del Rey and heading to the Channel Islands a day ahead of schedule. Captain Brian Norris and his crew headed towards the Channel Islands. But as usual, don't just hear the story from me. Finally, it looks like we turned the corner here weather-wise and... uh Temp-wise, on the fishing grounds, it, pretty much all the islands are starting to turn on right now. Um, it's time to book a trip. Get your trips booked right away because these things are filling up fast uh, for all the charters. And anywhere you're going from, you know, down in the Coronados to up to Miguel, wherever, out to Nick, it's, it is biting. And uh, I would highly recommend getting on a trip as soon as possible. The, the sea bass are biting. There's yellows, big, giant halibut. We just had an epic trip with uh, Limits of Sea Bass, huge, like 50-pound halibut and probably like a 65-pound sea bass mixed with those, you know, 15 to 20-grade school sea bass that came through and just crushed everything in sight and limited everybody out in a matter of seconds. Um, but, yeah, my, my recommendation is to get on a trip as soon as possible and uh, come out fishing with Fin Fetish if you can. And if not, get on with any of our buds. And, boy, it sure does help to have a lot of friends in the industry to where we can all communicate with each other and befriend each other and really, you know, be able to help each other out to get on the bite. And uh, that's the way we can cover all the ground out there. And uh, my thanks goes to, to all of our friends out there at the islands this weekend. 
yeah, that was awesome to see everyone working together, everyone having good etiquette out there. It was just awesome. So yeah, really, really cool to see. So that's what we look forward to. And we always try to help out whenever we can. And, and it comes back to you. It's really, it's really super cool to see that down here. Um, and in years past, we didn't really get to see that. So it's really kind of awesome to see how we can really work together and, and make it turn it into a really incredible fishery. Yeah, yeah. Our day started kind of slow. We got a couple of big fish first thing in the morning and then we grinded you know until about midday got a call yeah and then we got, got a call from my buddy jay and uh jonah turned us on to the bite there and boy i'm telling you without those guys it's like you know it's we, w- we wouldn't have been there we wouldn't have had it and uh thanks to those guys and thanks to the whole fleet out there for working together and everyone was like really cordial and etiquette and it, it really makes it fun to fish out there when everybody's cooperating with each other yeah, yeah. totally that really was so fun cool. that was a killer trip yeah absolutely. again awesome. thanks brian fin fetish you're check welcome. them out marina del rey right on you're welcome thanks for having me yeah thank you so clearly it was a successful trip. I know that the uh, the trip actually got pushed up a day. Tell me about the delay and, and how the whole trip came together. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan actually got a call from Brian that there's a wind advisory for Friday. It didn't sound like it was going to be like a, a buster. It wasn't going to kill our trip, but it was going to be a lot more uncomfortable. So we made the call. Yeah, not only that, he said we likely would run uh, if we were to stay with the initial plan of departing Thursday night, but we would have probably been limited to fishing Catalina Island, uh, which would have had potential, but his code group had been fishing it in just the days leading up and and not doing as well, so we wanted to shoot outwards. Yeah, we ended up making a 90-mile run up to the transverse islands up there, and uh, man, we're lucky we did. We, We had a killer trip. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell me about this. I, I know you guys were uh, were working on your bait on the way out there. What, what was going on? So, so bait was tough. First thing we we got to the backside of this island, and the bait had been there the day before, and it was there. The bait was there. We didn't have too much sea line pressure. It was just tough to make. We made maybe 30, 40 pieces, some weird fin bait, kind of playing in the lights. and Over two to three hours of actively trying to scoop these guys up with dip nets and yeah, crowders. We pulled the crowder out and just could not get it to work for us yeah. on that spot. So That was a long first night, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us really did. But yeah, we were pretty, pretty excited about the trip, and by the time we got there... You know, we put on our work boots and we're trying to make bait. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, uh, the captain was keeping an eye on the time and whatnot. And he wanted to put us onto the fishing grounds in advance of the sport boat overnight fleet and anyone else who might be going out there so we could set up in the depth that we wanted to. So we ended up kind of moving to where we'd eventually be fishing. And it turns out that's where a ton of the squid was and the squid that was wanting to come up too. Yeah, that stuff. it, It took about an hour, hour and a half to really float. I'd say, but, you know, we started scooping here and there, two, three pieces, 10 pieces, and then, you know, let's get the crowder out. And then yeah, that's when the real work 100 began. pieces, 150 <laughs> pieces. Yeah, it, it got pretty good there. Yeah, it was, it was intense. <laughs> okay. My back's still feeling it. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was all worth it, right? So you had some, obviously, some gigantic catches on the trip. Tell me about the first one. Uh, that's Dylan's fish. I'll let him kind of go into that one yeah i'll start it a little before then too uh immediately after we finished making bait and this was probably 30 minutes before gray light maybe 5 30 in the morning we started going lines in um sending down some some of these squids on dropper loops and there was a good amount of people in the area probably 20 or 30 boats fishing along the same stretch as us 
And we had a code code boat kind of right near us, probably 30 yards, 40 yards off the boat, fishing in a little bit deeper of water. And they were actually the very first ones to hook up. Uh, they hooked up at about 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, Captain Brian was watching watching them the whole time, and they pulled a giant halibut of their own, which later I found out weighed 49 pounds on the scale. Yeah, that was a big fish, too. We saw pictures of that later on. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then about 30 minutes after their catch, we got the second bite among the fleet. We didn't see anybody else pulling on fish at that point. Yeah, we were watching pretty good, too. He had the binos up there just kind of keeping tabs on everyone and making mm-hmm. sure, you know, where's mm-hmm. this bite going to happen? When's it going to happen? Because it is a time thing. Gray light seems to be that that bite window, and, you know, tide has things to do with it. So you got an hour, hour and a half window of, of biting. So we were just mm-hmm. kind of keeping an eye on everyone. But yeah, in this in this scenario, I was I was the lucky angler who happened to be standing right in front of the rod that went off, and unlucky in a way too that the rod <laughs> that went off had very light line on it. We're talking like twenty five pound test, wow. and we had potentially some really big fish that we were going to be fighting. Uh, we knew it was a good one immediately, um, based on like some head shakes, some drag pulls. I personally never caught a sea bass or a, a, a big halibut of yeah. any means. So I didn't know what to expect. I'm worried the entire time I got a bat ray or something. <laughs> um, it was sticking to the bottom real crazy. Uh, the second captain, Johnny Bachter, he helped me a lot in the fight. He was coaching me and very hands-on i've i fought my share of fish but we were going wicked tuna line pulling <laughs> onto the onto the reel the whole nine yards and yeah it was cool to watch that it was it was awesome and it was man we were lucky to get that fish in those fish usually freak out when they get close to the boat and making that gaff shot's tough because they come up vertical right straight up and down and and man you know second gaff ready to go and, and let's get this fish in the boat because it it came up and it was just like oh Mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> that's the biggest that's the biggest halibut i'd seen in person seriously <laughs> and I, we understand it was the biggest one that's ever been landed on the fin fetish boat and he lands a lot of halibut if you're to go through his social media page or his website so it was a very special fish yeah those guys i mean shout out to those guys for just being you know who they are i mean they're so passionate about it absolutely know? yeah that's i mean that among the things mentioned by captain brian himself about his networking with other anglers who are on the scene i mean it was his knowledge and his drive and decision making that kept us in the right areas and knew exactly what area to start on based on the bite the day before and, mm-hmm. and all of that yeah so is that kind of what brian was talking about in his uh in his little recording at the beginning about kind of the teamwork and the camaraderie. Tell me about what that means to to anglers out there. Yeah, uh, you know, when when big spots of fish like this kind of group up and, and, you know, obviously this bite's happening right now. A lot of people know about it and a lot of people know exactly where it is. What can happen is people get stepped on, you know, anchoring too close to each other, you know, driving behind each other, driving too fast through the fleet. We saw a a couple boats do that here and there, but for the most part, everyone up there in that zone really had like a good grasp on, you know, what everyone else was doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've seen fishing half that good, fishing half that good be twice as bad as far as the etiquette. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. So it, it was, it was awesome to watch that whole thing go down how it did. Slow pickings overall in the morning. I mean, granted, we got a legendary fish right off the get-go, but that was us and our code boat were the only two boats that had hung one in that region that we had seen, and there were quite a few. It was starting to thin out towards the mid, mid-morning mid hours there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys were, guys were thinning out. Um, 
you know, bait got sent down to the bottom on the bow and we were bit. Right. And it made a couple guys turn around and drop anchor again because they saw what was going on. Yeah, our second bite, our second bite. We After the first fish, we kind of put on our serious shoes and we had started, started fishing it um, – uh, replacing baits and and watching it really closely. Uh, we were worried if we did get bit by the sea bass, that it'd be a pretty subtle bite. And if on one of those rods, if it was on the bow, I mean, we'd, we'd have to have an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, that turned out to happen as soon as one of those bow lines was reset. Uh, Rod went off. He hadn't even walked back down the gunnels towards towards the stern again. Yeah, I think the rod was in his hand when he got bit. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> but that was uh, that was the general manager of Save on Tackle, a friend of ours, Anthony Canuli, who who caught that second fish. And instantly, um, Brian Norris was watching and he could tell that it wasn't a halibut, that it was a sea bass based on it, uh, kind of swimming outwards and staying higher in the column in the fight. And he even said it was like a good one, like 30 Mm -hmm. plus pound. Little did we know. Yeah. What was going to come up? (laughs) Right. It'd be even better than that. Yeah. So what did come up? Well, first thing that happened, the thing shot under the anchor and and Anthony was quick to get under it and get on his knees and do what he had to do. You know, that was, you got to do that. (laughs) That was experience at work. He had done that a time or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. he he got the the line and rod under the the uh, the anchor line and then walked towards the stern and I mean he did what three laps? Yeah, it it wasn't a long extended fight. He did have it hooked on heavier string than that halibut. It was on fifty pounds, so he could pull on it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but a, a couple circles around the boat and he got it. He got it up and it was almost as if it was a smaller fish um, based on the duration of the fight. But once it came up, I mean, man, it was yeah, a tank. You can't miss that purple hue as it comes up. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you first see color and you know what it is and the, and the big the big bars and you know johnny stuck the thing in the head and we were off to the stern to, to pull it over and it was pretty awesome I took yeah. some photos while it was green and, and as daniel mentioned this there were people in the process of pulling their anchors and moving while we hooked and fought this fish yeah and some people stopped right in their tracks and kept doing exactly what you know we and they were originally doing oh wow yeah it was pretty cool and, and that fish was that was an interesting one it was a short and, and just thick fish it was seriously <laughs> yeah i mean it's on the cover of western outdoor news yeah. this week uh so be, be sure to check that out in your mailbox or on your newsstand but uh full coverage we've got we've got the gaff shot we've got all sorts of crazy photos it's all up on wonews.com and in the paper um yeah so what so what else happened on the trip i mean the, the, those were just the two big catches you guys also had tons of other uh limits so what else what else so, happened? yeah what happened after that is we stuck it out in the zone you know we get two big fish you're gonna stick the zone out and, and we knew we were on top of a, a bed and a nest and you know baits that were coming up had extra squid on them and, and you know come up with egg sacks and stuff like that so we stuck in the zone for a little while longer i think we got a couple junk bites like maybe a white fish or something and we kind of yeah. just we started pulling anchor and got a call, and, you know, got a got a call from one of the code code guys, and mm-hmm. they were biting. That second <laughs> fish, it, it came up at about 9 a.m., so we'd been fishing over the span of several hours for those two bites, um, rode it out for longer, as Daniel mentioned, probably another hour and a half to two hours, yeah. 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, and we were making de- deliberations. Are we going to go do some rock fishing? Are we going to go specifically drift for halibut or go look for yellowtail at, at a spot that the captain knew of? Um, and while we were in the process of starting to re-rig those, we got the call. Yeah, we were re-rigging. We, yeah. yeah, we were rigging up to go fish something different, pulling weights off and and re, uh, re-rigging our gear. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got the call and get those weights back on. <laughs> right, right. We, we motored over. It wasn't far from the initial zone, no more than a mile. Or Yeah, it was probably a half mile up yeah. the beach, I'd say. And then, yeah, they were right. And we slid in right behind one of our buddies and... 
and man, it just went full speed. It was cool too because <laughs> I'm sure uh, Captain Brian saw it on the electronics. Because once we pulled up into that zone where our, our friend was bit, he was he was right next to us. Um, he told us get in the water now. Yeah. And as soon as we did, I mean, I remember personally, I got in and I got a bite. I, I think I missed my first bite. It's kind of a subtle thing. I, I don't have a lot of experience yeah. fishing the sea bass. It was yeah, I was tough fishing. I was fishing the bucktail, and I I missed my first two fish. And I think just fishing that heavier, heavier bucktail and stuff made a mm-hmm. difference. But I was mm-hmm. getting bit before bottom. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, I shook off a few. I didn't land one that day. Yeah. You know, I ended yeah. up shaking off three fish, and then my hook broke. Not that he couldn't. There was so much action going on. We had a couple um, uh, newer anglers on the boat that were coaching, helping them out. Yeah. It was their first time holding a rod and reel, and they landed legal white sea bass. Yeah, it was biting. It was biting. So it was (laughs) was fun to catch you know catch them like that and it always is fun to catch them like that and yeah and people say you know when they bite they bite <laughs> yeah it's cool uh, to experience that finally i'm a i'm a lifelong angler and this was my first time ever getting into a, a white sea bass bite like that mm-hmm. where you get more than one fish on the boat or, yeah wow. yeah very cool uh so tell me more the fin fetish this is their second time landing in recent memory landing on the cover of western outdoor news tell me about the about the boat and, and some of the crew members Man, that that Bertram is just a beast of a boat. It, we charged up the line ninety miles, and and the first twenty five miles were a little sporty. There was it was you know afternoon yeah, wind, Marina absolutely. Del Rey down in South Bay, and it just it'll it'll blow. The sailboats <laughs> you know, were out in full effect. Yeah, the sailboats were out. I mean, they were doing their thing, and you know, about halfway up to the island, I'd say it smoothed out, and we went from sixteen to like probably twenty two knots, and we got up there in good time, and and the boat handled it. You know? Yeah, I we left probably seven o'clock, maybe seven thirty p.m. And I we were on the bait grounds eleven thirty p.m. I don't even think it had rang midnight yet. No, no, yeah, we were we were at the bait grounds earlier than I'd expected. You know, made great time, mm-hmm. and it was it was a very comfortable boat. As far as a fishing platform, it was cool. I liked the inside galley area and the V berth for the sleeping area. Very roomy. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot more room than I would have thought in a thirty-one foot package. It was awesome. Yeah. Wow. Big microwave for our food in the morning <laughs> they're like 11 and a half feet wide almost they're was big it, wide yeah. Boat, yeah wow so sounds like a trip for the books and also sounds like a trip for western outdoor news everybody can see the story in this week's issue of western outdoor news or jump over to wonews.com there you have it episode 17 of the western outdoor news podcast i'd like to thank you guys so much for listening to the show we've gotten so much positive feedback and you guys listening every week really means so much to us uh we will see you this weekend at the striper derby we'll see you on the show next week to recap the winners and talk about the event and whatever else comes up in the world of western outdoor news and if you're listening to this in northern california or you're looking to make a trip to the delta don't forget about the may 22nd strike king big bass challenge tournament taking place on the california delta go to wonews.com to sign up for that event on may 22nd we'll see you guys all next week